I'm the kind of girl who believes in magic, miracles, signs, and destiny a lot. But at the same time, having said that, I also believe that destiny will come to those who have hustled in their life. For an artist, now the only thing that matters is you get audience. Artist is hungry for audience. कहीं भी audience मिलेगी ना, we'd love to go and perform. कि कोई तो सुने यार and tell us कि how we are doing in life. I didn't have a plan actually to to become a full time writer or to become a slam poet. It was after a few videos of mine went viral. Then I thought, oh, there might be something in me, or there might be something that people want to hear out of me. So I think I should just make more of it. There are people who write to impress people, but I don't because had that been the case, I would have used very uh, sweet, sweet words and stuff like that. But I, I, I bindas use cuss words and I. I I make rebel poetry because I that is what I want to say. A lot of people told me that now since you are putting your content out there, it's in the public eye. So be ready to be told or get praises. But you have to learn the art of ignoring. Hello, boys and girls. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Next Move podcast. I'm your host Arman Kendri, and it is my job to deconstruct the habits, routines, strategies, and everything in between of people who are doing incredible things in their field. And today we have Pooja Sachdeva. I think you're going to absolutely love her. She's a slam poet with absolutely no filter. It's amazing. She speaks her mind. Now, slam poetry is very niche, but Pooja has been able to create such a huge audience from slam poetry. She's got several videos with over millions of views. How the hell has she done it? We go into that in this podcast. She breaks it down completely from the start of her journey to finding slam poetry, to getting content out there, to hustling to get it in the hands of the right people. How she did it. We go into it. We also talk about how to spark creativity because her poems are so intense and unique. How does she come up with all of that information? We go through her exact creative processes, from thought to putting it on paper to testing that material and getting it live. And the last thing we talk about in depth is how you manage content creation. And a full-time job. Trust me, I'm doing that too. It's not easy. Her tips really help me out. So if you're a content creator, you definitely want to stick to right to the end to hear some of her tips. And I think you've heard enough of me. So without further ado, please enjoy my wide-ranging conversation with Pooja Sachdeva. Hey, Pooja! Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you for having me, Arman. I am. I, it's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. So I, um, I want to start at a we- very weird question, um, and it, the question is: Do you do you have a failure in in your life where I know it's 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 weird to start here, but do you have a failure in your life that when you look back and uh, you, you're reflecting that actually it's been a huge net positive 
to your life? Uh, d- does anything like that come up? Of course, I think the reason I am in Mumbai and I am now writing and you know doing all that poetry stuff and I'm a little bit tiny miny familiar if I may say is because I went through a huge rough phase and it was like it actually I it was like I hit the rock bottom and I, I think a lot of people know about that because I made a video out of it. It was a storytelling video which is Jadu Hum Sabke Paas. So the story is that I wanted to be a radio jock of Delhi only because Delhi is my hometown and that has been my aim. And it was just not an aim. I was like obsessive and very passionate about being a radio jock uh, since my childhood days. And I was a radio jock apparently. I became one but not of Delhi. And due to some reason, I had a tip with in my office or my radio station, I had to leave radio. And uh, like it was years, years later. So when uh, I had to leave radio, I didn't get any offer from Delhi, like none. Uh, so I thought my radio days are over, like my career is over. And I, I didn't know what to do next because I didn't want to do any other job. Any, because I never thought or never picturized myself doing any corporate job or any other media job other than this. All I knew was to, 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 to host a, a show. Um, so those two years in Delhi when I uh, was not doing radio show, uh, like th- those were very life-changing for me because I remember after two years of depression phase, I finally took charge of my life and I thought, no, I have to, you know, press that restart button, reset button. And then I, uh, the first thing that came to my mind is that I had to change the city to start with. And then that's how I came to Mumbai and I got a job uh, in some media company. And then I started writing songs and started writing poetries and started doing gigs. And then it worked out really well. So I I wanna ask, uh, what is a radio jock? Radio talk is somebody who is paid to talk. <laughs> is okay. what people think, but there is more to this. People actually, we work 12, 12 hours to plan a show and to decide what is going to go on air next day. And, and because I had been the prime time jock, which means morning show or evening show, they are the most heavy shows and the most important shows, if I may say, on radio stations. So you have a lot of planning going on. And there's this whole team with you, your producers, your interns, your sound engineer so uh, you you sit and plan for hours you take interviews you take bites you go out you do sting operations and whatever you hear on radio like next day on that's all is decided and approved by the boss and it's it's everything is been decided uh, like uh, a day before so so why what, what was that thing that you know since you were a kid that you were saying i really want to be a radio jock why did you want to do it so badly? I, yeah, I, I really have no answer to this because maybe uh, there are some people who were born and then instantly know what they want to do in life. Because I was very proud of myself at that time because not just my school friends, but my principal, my like school teachers, then my college friends, my college teachers, everybody was aware that I want to be a radio dog. So it was there since childhood. And also I remember so... In those times, there were no uh, internet, there was no internet and no technology and stuff. So we used to have this very old radio, okay? And we, ha- we used to have one cassette uh, of one Hindi film song. What we siblings used to do is just play that, uh, like we used to record our voice on that cassette and replay and hear it. 
so i used to get very excited to to hear my voice back are main to bahut achhi sound kar rahi hu yaar i mean it used to get me very excited to listen to my voice uh, so i thought no yahi karna like yahi karna i used to love doing that when when i when i listen back to the podcast sometimes i i screech at my voice i'm like ugh like <laughs> oh, my, oh my god it is very good what are you talking about uh thank you but you know it's funny that you say that and um so you you wanted to specifically be the radio jock of delhi what, what was so significant about delhi a uh, like 90% because it is my hometown and i was that time i was somebody who had never stepped out of uh, or lived alone kind of a thing so i thought i mean i i wanted to settle in delhi only so my plan was very fixed i'll take a radio jock job in delhi then i'll get married and then i'll have kids and then i'll stay like any other cousin or any other sibling of me of mine uh, you know usual i never thought of uh, shifting my base to some other city stay alone because um i knew i'm someone who who is used to having people around me so now i of course i've been living uh, alone for 10 years and out of my away from my city but yeah i mean i mean maybe that was written basically because i it was my hometown okay i can't okay. stay away from family <laughs> <laughs> i get that and uh so you you don't get the job um do you know why you didn't get the particular role was there somebody else there uh what what happened uh yeah so basically when so the last thing i uh, know is that i was a radio jock of jaipur okay breakfast jock i was doing and then because of i had some fight and stuff like that so i had to leave like i resigned straight away and came back to delhi thinking okay now i'll find some rj job in delhi but i didn't get it. I got offers from almost in those two years. I got offers from almost every city of India because it's not that tough to get a radio jock profile in three-tier city, especially when you have a lot of experience. So I got calls from Nagpur, from Nashik, from Bhopal, from Jal—I mean Jalandhar, Amritsar, you name it—but not Delhi. So because I tell you why, because uh, we talk a lot about nepotism and stuff. Okay, in Bollywood. the same goes for radio also same goes for tv also a lot of things happen so uh a it was destiny second uh, most part it was nepotism let's just say bahut bhai giri chalta hai so it's still there but then i thank my stars that now i'm not a radio jock but but uh, funny ironically when i came to mumbai i gave interview to get into one of the radio stations and i was in the finale but they refused like it they didn't uh, take me because of some reason and after a year when i was in mumbai they offered me um, a bigger profile in the same radio station with a bigger salary which i refused because then by then i had some other plans in my life so yeah okay wow so you had all these these job offers and you know any Radio jock, that's that's amazing. You're you're getting so many offers from all over the place, potentially higher salaries and all that. Why didn't Why didn't you take them? And you mentioned that it it affected you not getting the the Delhi one. How come you didn't go to other cities and and chose to stay in Delhi? Uh, no, because I I figured out that uh, again it will be like so when I was like not in Delhi and I was just in Jaipur and Kanpur stuff like that. I was planning of preparing myself to get more experience so that i can come back to delhi and become a radio jock because 
I can't live my life. Like I can't spend the rest of my life in some other three-tier city. I can't see myself because once you've lived in a metropolitan city or maybe if you are not used to stay away from your family for too long, you ultimately want to come back. So see, I uh, had a plan that I'll give myself five years after college. In the, those five years, I'll gain a lot of experience from three-tier cities. And after five years, I'll apply in Delhi and maybe I'll get a job in Delhi radio station. And after that, uh, I'll spend my life like a normal person. I'll get married, I'll have kids and I'll like chill life. Okay, but that's not, <laughs> I, I guess that was, that was not uh, the God's plan. So uh, when here in Mumbai, I got the, the offer, it was some radio station. By then, I was already working uh, with a film company. And I was happy and I was started, I had started writing and I started doing my uh, video, uh, like YouTube thing. So then I realized that radio is slowly becoming, uh, you know, it's slowly fading away. So in radio, I'll only get um, half exposure, let's just say. And also, I, I, must, I must add why, because radio will not leave you and will not leave you with any time to write, okay? It's, it's a full-time job and it's very hectic. You go uh, inside uh, at 6 a.m., you will come outside at maybe midnight. It's, it's that hectic. So you, you, I love that you use the word destiny a lot. And, and you, you, when you look back in hindsight, it's always, you know, it turned out to be such an amazing thing, right? So how did it get to the point where, you know, it was tough at first, but what was the story like? How did you get into doing poetry and writing stories and doing, uh, you know, open mics and all that? How did it lead to that? So I was normally uh, like working in Mumbai. I had some job. And but one day I was, uh, I met a friend of mine, a long lost friend in Mumbai. So we were sitting in this, uh, like we were sitting at Juhu Beach. And I randomly asked him, Ki, what are you doing in life? And what are your plans? And so by th I mean, that time, uh, that uh, that friend of mine was the radio jock of Mumbai because I have a lot of radio jock friends. So he said nothing. I am just like hosting my show. And at the same time, uh, I am writing few songs and I'm pitching them to composers. And because he used to work in a radio station, uh, he had more access to composers and producers, you know, because they come and uh, radio jocks take the interview and stuff. So he said that I'm in talks with Tanish Bakshi and other composers and they like my work. Let's see if I get a chance to write songs for them. I said, wow, you're doing great stuff. I mean, Max, congratulations and stuff like that. I came back home that very night and it, I remembered, I mean, I, this got me thinking, Ki, dude, wait, fuck, wait. I also used to write, okay? So basically I have, I have bad memory. I don't have a lot of childhood memories because I can't remember stuff. So then this got me uh, thinking that I used to write too. Now flashback, uh, when I was in eighth class, I started writing. So I started writing a lot of religious songs, uh, okay, for one year, just so that I get to get, I, I get to perform uh, uh, in some religious uh, events or maybe temple. I was a kid back then. And from ninth class onwards, I had this diary where I used to write love songs. Just for the sake of it. Like, it's not that I have to make something or something. Or like, we were not so And then I remember that I must have that diary where I was writing songs and stuff like that. I went back to Delhi. Uh, and I, I looked for that diary and I actually got it. And I, I 
I was in tears that how can I forget that I used to write too and I used to love doing that, okay? But then I took my bow, I mean, that we had our boards and then I took science in 11th and 12th and then I became a radio jock. So I forgot that I used to write. So then I came back to Mumbai again and I was like, no, I have to, I, I should start writing, okay? So my plan was, ke, like, see, I don't consider myself a writer, writer as such because it takes a lot of energy and patience to write whole screenplay and story and stuff. But songs are something that comes naturally to me. So I made a plan that uh, there's nothing else working here. So what I'll do, I have a lot of spare time uh, after my office hours. So I'll write songs and I will go and pitch them to composers. And because I was a Bollywood uh, reporter back then, so I could have access to a lot of people in the industry. To I just can meet them, you know, when I'm taking interview and stuff. So I wrote 11 songs and I got, got them patent. And I, uh, so I used to go to Yashraj or some other movie trailers and interviews. So I thought, okay, now I'll, whenever I'll meet a producer, I will uh, give them a hard cop- copy of my songs. So I used to keep printouts of my songs every time with me. So um, one day I remember I was at Yashraj, okay, for some interview. Uh, actually, it was Meri Pyari Bindu. There's this Hindi song. Uska uh, song launch tha. So after the launch was done, I, I, in the cafeteria, I saw Vishal Shekhar, okay. I was like, oh my God, I can pitch my songs to them, okay. Uh, so um, I went to Vishal and uh, he, I, I, uh, I told him, okay, Sir, I write songs and I would love it if you, you know, can have a look at it and tell me. He said, okay, give it to me. And unfortunately, because I had distributed a lot of them, I didn't have any hard copy that time. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, sir, I don't have any hard copy right now. I'm so sorry. Can I mail it to you? He said, okay, this is my ID. Mail it to me. So I mailed it to him, but I I knew for a fact that he will never (laughs) like open the mail and stuff. So, uh, uh, even though I pitched my songs to different composers or producers, they, they, I don't think they uh, paid any attention to it. But then um, slowly and steadily, uh, along with songs, I started writing poetry as well, just for, for my sake. Because I didn't know that time that we have something called open mic, so I can go out or can have gigs or stuff. This was very new uh, to us. And then one day, um, it was just picking up, you know, open mics were a new thing uh, for for poetry club and it was just picking up and one day I was scrolling my Facebook feed and I saw one video uh, wherein uh, someone was doing poetry in front of this whole crowd okay Um, so then uh, I researched a bit and I got to know that you know this is a new thing that's coming up this is a trend wherein you write some poem of yours and there are open mics that was called an open mic. I researched for six months a lot. Then I made a list and calendar of every poetry uh, circle in Mumbai. And I made a calendar of which event is happening where and I will go where, what time, what am I going to perform. So I started performing. And it gave me a kick because composers were anyway not paying any heat to me. So I was like, Are, this is instant appreciation. It's just like theater. You act instantly and you get the appreciation or whatever and you get a boost, okay? So it's like you go, you perform your uh, thing and if they like it, they'll snap or they'll uh, clap. So you will get some kind of morale boost. So I started doing gigs and stuff, open mics. And 
there I performed this poem, How My Character Listen, okay, which was on women's safety. And uh, so from there, one of the curators picked me up and he called me one day. He said, Ke, you know, you performed this poetry. We loved How My Character Listen. It is little, it's very unconventional, not like uh, normal shairi that people do. So would you mind come, uh, coming here and record it for us? We'll put it up on our channel. Uh, our Facebook page. I was like, okay. I mean, I was very happy. Somebody is recording me and, you know, giving me some footage that I, I wanted to. So I instantly agreed. And then I, I yeah, then I recorded this poetry for them, How My Character Listen. And that became my first viral poem, I think. Uh, so that's how it began. So, you know, I, I, what drew me to, to like going through all your videos and, and binging on your poems was how you know, unconventional you were, just like they said, you were saying stuff that nobody else is saying, you know, and, and you're being so graphic about it. But, you know, the other thing I'm seeing now is that you're a hustler, like you handed out your CDs to everybody, you planned meticulously, you know, which open mics and, and all this kind of stuff. How much do you think hustle played, uh, you know, a role in, in this change? See, I always, I'm the kind of girl who believes in magic, miracles, signs, and destiny a lot. But at the same time, having said that, I also believe that destiny will come to those who have hustled in their life. Okay. So you have to do, I mean, even if you see some star, uh, being a star overnight, there is a lot of like years of hard work behind that. So uh, even if you see other content creators, they might get famous uh, with some one video, but then you will go back and see their journey. They have uh, made zillions of other videos that nobody else has watched. So uh, I think hustling is very important. Nobody is that lucky to get that in one night, one strike now. So, okay, when you were doing all this planning of um, going to all these open mics and, and all this stuff, I have two questions here. Did you quit your job and go full in or did you stay in? And, and the second question was, how did you go about strategizing which open mics to go to? Was there a particular criteria that you were thinking about or you were just going to anything that was available? Uh, okay, first, I didn't quit my job because it's been years and years and years. I, I've been just working and working and working. So think even I can't leave my job because it will give me depression because I can't sit at home in for, for a day, okay? And second, Mumbai is shittily expensive. You can't, <laughs> you can't afford to leave your job. I still work full time somewhere. Okay. Uh, so, uh, no, I didn't leave my job, but I used to go uh, on weekends or after my working hours. And uh, second, yeah, any open mic that I could go to. I didn't see uh, beggars are not choosers. Okay. So I didn't, <laughs> so I was like, and I'll tell you what, for an artist now, the only thing that matters is you get audience. Artist is hungry for audience. Kahin bhi audience milegi na. We'd love to go and perform. Ki koi to sune yaar and tell us ki how we are doing in life. We are just hungry for praises. So I I used to go to any open mic that was there. <laughs> wow. Um, have you have you seen the documentary called Comedian about Seinfeld? Yeah. Dude, like that, that, you know, that reminds me so much because he, he was the same thing, you know, even once he became huge, he was going to any and all open mics just to, 
test out his work. Uh, so how I, I have a question on, on your job and managing this. How are you able to do produce so much content and manage a full-time job? How do you manage the day? Yeah, that is actually very, very tough. And that doesn't leave me with a lot of time to, to have a personal time. But that's how I'm managing it. Uh, it's like riding on two boats. But then you have to do it because a uh, slam poetry or running your own YouTube channel is not something that you can rely on completely when it comes to finances and commercials uh, unless you start writing for films and songs. Uh, so whenever somebody comes to me and asks me, I want to be a poet and how much do you earn? I tell them, do not leave your job. This can be your passion because we still are uh, in this era where Comedians might be able to earn a lot more and make comedy or comedy gigs a full-time thing, but slam poets don't have that kind of luxury because still we, we don't get a lot of commercials, a lot of brand deals and a lot of shows. So we need to have a backup plan. And because I have done journalism and mass communications and because I was a radio talk and because I was a VO artist and dubbing artist and a like podcaster and a journalist, so I have a lot of options to have a plan B and I, I, I can afford to have a plan B. But okay, I, and that must be really tough because, you know, starting this podcast, I, I didn't realize how much work it really takes. I thought YouTube and stuff is just, you know, you, you record and you upload, that's it. But, you know, there's, there's a significant amount of thought that goes into it. And my question for you is when you first had, you know, your first poem go viral, right? How do you, how do you capitalize on that to make sure that you continue rising? What, what did you do at that point? Actually, I regret I didn't do it. I didn't because uh, I took all the praises that came my way. But uh, had I been a little more uh, quick in capitalizing what you're saying, I think I would have uh, been, I would have got a little more exposure on my videos because um, after that, I think I, it took me long enough to, to decide uh, that I should uh, come up with my own YouTube channel or I should go to more open mics or I should uh, do more curation videos for other people. Uh, after my first poetry went viral, there were other curators who, who actually uh, were calling me so much they wanted me to record for them. And I did. Like after my first viral poetry, I did... Uh, for for your quote, which was "Kis baat ki jaldi hai kahan jana chahte ho?" Again, it hit millions because it was very slice of life sort of poetry. Then I did an, for another curator, uh, Fifty Shades of uh, Youth, and it was "Bloody Woman." It was about periods, and of course, then it hit millions. So I kept doing videos or my poetry for other curators, and they kept getting millions and exposure, millions of views and exposure. Had I started that my YouTube channel right after my first viral poetry, I think I would have gotten more uh, subscribers on my YouTube channel than it is today. So yeah, I think I, I, I kind of deviated a lot because of my job or I don't know what. I didn't plan it. So it, I just went there and I just recorded and it just went viral. I didn't have a plan actually to, to become a full-time writer or to become a slam poet. It was after a few videos of mine went viral. Then I thought, oh, there might be something in me or there might be something that people want to hear out of me. So I think I should just make more of it. That's it. So I didn't strategize it at, at much. Maybe I don't strategize. If I feel like writing something or I feel like talking, I make a video of it and I put it up. 
Now people watch it or don't watch it. I really don't care. <laughs> really, because had I, because you know there are people who write to uh, to um, impress people, but I don't. Because had that been the case, I would have used very uh, sweet, sweet words and stuff like that. But I, I, I Bindas use cuss words, and I, I, I make rebel poetry because I. That is what I want to say. And see, I get told for it too, but I don't care. What do you mean you get you get told for it? Oh, I uh, I was told badly when I uh, put. I mean, I I did this Thame characterless move by men. Lot. I mean, there were a lot of people with phrases and stuff, uh, including uh, women and men. But uh, because see, we have created a mold for women. Okay. um that a woman should be behaving a particular way this is the set this was for the first time they saw a woman behaving in a certain manner which was alien to them oh they she's coming out on camera and abusing men openly okay and challenging ke uh and uh, saying all those things which women want to say in that aggressive manner but still they can't because you know because they've been conditioned in a way to to make them believe ke beta you can't even raise your voice let alone abuse or let alone point it out to men ke dude i am not your will so don't you dare touch me so in a way so they got offended lot of men got offended i got lot of uh hate mails and lot of hate messages to what do you think about yourself and men are nice too and how dare you abuse us and all that stuff how do you deal with that um you know that that kind of, especially when you're new to it right you you suddenly emerged onto the scene and you're putting out content that's again like you say completely against what everybody else is putting which is great and how do you deal with that in the moment when you're getting that kind of hate messages actually i have a bad temper i'm like worst temper since childhood so i think i reacted uh, very negatively i started uh, responding to each uh, hate messages which i later realized that i should not because that will take my energy only unka kuch nahi jayega so after a certain point i i started ignoring because a lot of people told me that now since you are putting your content out there it's in the public eye so be ready to be told or get praises but you have to learn the art of ignoring so it took me long enough to understand that i have to ignore so now i don't reply to messages hate messages now i don't get much actually <laughs> but uh, i either used to delete the the comments or whatever or i used to ignore but earlier i used to uh, actually get into uh, virtual online fights uh, and yeah matlab mujhe to ladne mein bahut maza aata i am from delhi you know how delhi people are they love to fight okay <laughs> so yeah but then i ignored it ultimately yeah i i feel like um you know anybody who who probably you know gets that kind of attention you you probably got like 99% love and amazing stuff but then you see that one negative comment and you're just like why the hell would you say that you know like that doesn't make sense yeah, and that's what gets your energy no actually since childhood i used to be this gundi okay but mm-hmm. my bachpan mein bhi i used this gundi ladki jisko koi kuch nahi keh sakta spoiled brat so if kisi ki himmat nahi ho sakti ki koi mujhe bole bhi so if there's somebody who's calling out my name so i am like how dare you say that who the fucking person are you to so i am like this only so wo maine bahut kiya but then people told me don't do it don't do it it is not good for your mental health so stop it that's awesome and uh 
So I want to go into your, your writing because like, you know, I think, um, and I'm going to link to some of your poems as well in the, in the show notes below so people can listen to it, but you're so, uh, I, I don't even know the best words to describe it. You're so you, I think that's the best way of saying it. You, you always are yourself and you, and you're very, not just the poems that you put out, but you're very good at, um, acting them out. Right. You, you also this have that. I get a lot. This I get a lot. So how, how do you go about um, one writing? Like, I think we were, we were talking about this just before we started recording. Do you have like any writing processes? And then once you've written them, is it like rehearsing to act? How, uh, yes. how does that work? So the process is that um, my first step has always been waiting. Okay. The moment you sit and decide I have to write on certain things, it will not come to you. Never come to you. So uh, I just go about doing my thinking stuff and 99% of the time when I'm sleeping now, at midnight, I'll get the idea. So I'll instantly get up uh, and I make a note of it, a paragraph or something like that. And I write it on my mobile. Next day when I get up, then I, I give that few weeks or few days to develop it. But that idea has to come from within. Uh, then I uh, give myself days to, to write stuff and then to... Uh, write it in meter and to rhyme it and to use the correct words and to 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 find synonyms and antonyms. So basically, there are a lot of other techniques, uh, technical things in writing. But that only happens once I get the idea. Okay, then I give myself few weeks or days to develop it. Once it's developed, I create a lot of drafts. And once I get the final draft, I I share it with my producer. Like I have a team. Uh, so then we discuss that this is what it is and we need to shoot it, okay? Um, so we decide, we brainstorm on visuals. What can it be? Should it be sit and recite or should it be, be with B-rolls or should it be indoors or outdoors or how we should do it? Because once you have your YouTube channel, you need to come out with uh, different ideas or ways to put it nicely, visually. Uh, it cannot always be... Um, you know, stand and decide, stand and decide. Otherwise, it will be very monotonous. And yes, I, I told you I have like very bad memory. So writing is not a big deal for me. But, uh, you know, uh, learning my own lines is a big, big deal for me. So I take days to learn my lines. Even if I have to go to some gig or event to perform or some open mic, I give myself a week or 15 days, at least a week to recite them. So I keep cramming them in my head, even while I'm brushing my teeth or when I'm, you know, sleeping or when I'm watching something in my subconscious mind, I'm cramming those lines so that I don't forget it. I have this irrational fear that I, so in shoot, it's okay. We can do retakes, but when I go to some event, you can't take retakes. It will be very embarrassing. So <laughs> I have this irrational fear that what if I stumble or what if I, I, uh, I forget my lines. So I have to practice a lot, a lot. So is that how you, is that how you get rid of stage fright? Just constant practice? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I am in front of my mirror and I say my lines over and over and over again. And I actually, I'm very obsessive with myself. Very honestly, I spend half of my day just watching myself on mirror to just see what expressions I can make. I don't know why this is, this is just me, just out of hobby. So I, I say my lines and see that what expressions am I giving myself? Like what expressions am I making? So I don't see, I don't have a stage fright as such, but yes, uh, just before it's, it's, it's like normal just before going on stage, like everybody has, 
once you're on stage then of course you forget all the pride and stuff was it like that at the beginning has it always been like that once you get on the the nerves go away or did you used to get nervous even during no no no, no. So, uh, no because uh, i i'll see i'm very extrovert i've been doing stage things uh, since my school days okay so i i i own the stage i love the stage i have i i have anxiety issues but once i'm on stage the only fear i can have is see i might forget my lines i'm not uh, like i'm not fearful of crowd or stage no i've been doing lot of shows in school in college and i told you i was a radio jock so once you're a radio jock you are supposed to uh, host lot of events lot of concerts you uh, you have to interview press uh, a lot of stars and you have to uh, host lot of press releases so which involves lot of crowd so that gives you a confidence i think i have radio has been a training thing to me so those five years in radio i've been doing lot of stage shows so i think uh, that stage love has come from there mostly so let's say you you're talking to an introvert but he or she loves what you do and wants to recreate that what what kind of advice do you give to that person to get rid of of stage fright see i um, i don't know if i'm the better person to give advice because uh, i will not know how it feels to be an introvert and have a stage fright or what should one do because i never had one i was very blunt and out and about kind of a girl and i've been doing this stage thing since i was in school i was i used to take prayers of the entire school okay me on stage so we used to have this convent school where we used to read bible so i don't know why my principal used to choose me and i was there on stage every day reading bible and uh, uh, making them understand what are these verses <laughs> when i so when whatever so i think that training began from that time but okay uh, what i do is what you can do i i just uh, cram my lines enough to make sure that i don't uh, forget my lines that will give you kind of confidence that you know your lines so nothing can go wrong second mirror practice in front of the mirror as much as you can also one more thing that i do is um have your own test and trial set audience which means once you are done writing your stuff do not just go out and do your event or open mic have a set of friends or your family or folks or whatever whosoever you're comfortable with just few people once you're done writing go to them and uh, test your uh, uh, your piece with them so perform in front of them so have a little kind of open mic for yourself so this is what i do always i have few set of friends of mine so be it how my character is who be it any other poetry uh, even before i show it to the world i have shown it to them so i first gauge their reaction if i get the good reaction it means the piece is nice if not they'll give me feedback i'll make another draft and then i'll again perform it in front of them then they'll say okay then if they'll approve it or i'll gauge their reaction then i'll uh, you know go and perform somewhere else how long does it take you to get one piece perfect from start to finish actually it depends uh, every piece has its own timeline mm -hmm. uh, a week sometimes 15 days depends it depends on your mindset if you're in stress or some other things you have you'll not be able to focus lines will not come to you but if you are in a good mood see we have our phases if you are at your creative best you can create a piece. i have created one piece in just one day also but then there are pieces that take 15 days too it's completely on your mind space 
So since, since you're a, a content creator and you know you have a following that does expect you to post consistently, right? How how do you get into that creative phase that you said? Is there anything that you do to make sure you're there more often than you're not? Actually, you know, uh, yeah, I this is a lot of pressure now because earlier I used to do my videos for fun because I wanted to do it. When I feel like saying something, I can make a video or I can go do some open mic and make a video and put it up. Now, because a lot of people have started following me on my Facebook or Instagram, now it has become an obligation for me to post something constantly so that I have something to give it to them. Otherwise, they will say, Kaha and they'll unfollow me ultimately because the market is filled with uh, content. So it's very competitive out there. Now, uh, sometimes I get pressurized a lot to you have to create more and more content. So now I sit with my producer, we have a calendar and we make sure to uh to create something constantly um either through pictures or either through reels or either through i don't do a lot of reels see i'm not a i'm not a social media person i'm very old school had i not been doing this and had i not been in media and radio industry i would not even had uh, like i would not even love to keep whatsapp i'm that kind of a person but this this whole social media thing has now become an obligation where i wherein i have to post every day uh, to make sure that uh, I have something new to give to my people. Uh, but I try. So, But still, poetry or creativity is something that you can't force on your mind. You, It will come at its own time. But still, whatever pieces I have left with me, so I try and use them and give it to them. When I'll stop. So I take a break. I have not been doing anything for the past six months because of lockdown and because I was spending time with my mom and stuff like that because my team was not in Delhi. I have this whole team in Mumbai. So I gave myself time enough time to, to create content. So when that stock is over, I'll take a break, then I'll make some new content, then I'll come back. So I am not in a hurry or rush. I don't think I... Poetry is anyway very niche thing. So very less people will come to you and be interested in you. So I would, cannot be uh, uh, Bhuvan Bam or it cannot be uh, Prajakta Kohli because they have this comedy genre and comedy sells like hotcakes but poetry is a very niche thing so you can't compete with other people don't rush so but you kind of batch it right like you're saying you, you do a lot of content at one point and then you'll take a break and then you batch it again and, and do more yeah yeah cool so that's that's really interesting um, I my, my question is now so you you don't use social media or, or how do you use social media since you don't like it yeah, i use it because now i have to otherwise earlier it was like sometimes you know you post sometimes you don't but now i have to so i make it a point to to be active on instagram or my facebook page give them some picture give them some hint of my new video or give them some uh content whatever so you have to, I don't, I mean, there are lakhs of people following you, so you have to. Yeah, it's an obligation. I am not a social media person, very honestly. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I guess it's, it's for, for me, social media is just get on, post, get off. Because I feel like if you use it too much, it, it can be so damning. And I, I completely agree with you with the fact that there's so much content out there. Like there's so much to consume, you know, it, you're just filling up your brain with mindless stuff, I feel. It's maddening. It's maddening. Once you open your phone, you, you can't help it. You're just scrolling and watching and watching and it becomes an addiction. Also, uh, I mean, 
with me it it is actually an addiction once i post something now that my mind wants to see how many likes is got how many people have liked how many people have watched your story so then this now this is lethal if you are kind of if you are the kind of person who will post it and forget about it then it's cool but i am not that kind of person so for me posting is more of a a bad thing actually <laughs> it's not good for my health <laughs> so so it does affect you when you when you post you you care a lot about the like why do you then why, why do you choose to reopen it is it something that it just pushes you and you have to i don't know i think this is addiction only why i have to because right now i'm working on it because we are in lockdown uh, i don't go out much and i don't have a lot of distractions so maybe the phone is the only thing that distracts my mind or give me something new so uh, i uh, i'm turning to my phone every 5 minutes because i'm bored and nothing to do uh hum we have forgotten the skies we have forgotten catching up we have forgotten the nature we have forgotten vacations so maybe this is the only thing that's left so addiction abhi thoda zyada ho gaya hai once this phase is over i think uh, this will die down or now also right when while i'm talking to you i am planning these days to to work on my addiction thing as well to keep my phone away for few for few uh, hours if i may say yeah yeah and i think that's an amazing place to wrap up i just have two quick fire questions for you uh the first one is do you have any non-negotiable habits in your life that you have to do every single day to make sure you feel like you had a good day actually i'm very inconsistent kind of a girl so i started doing exercise and stuff but some days i do some days i don't uh, so i don't think there's anything non-negotiable sleep is very much a non-negotiable i love sleeping and um no 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 i'm not a very disciplined kind of girl yeah. <laughs> that makes sense and the last question is um you know you do everything you do i feel like is is very you like i was saying and it's very unique but what do you think is the most unique thing about yourself unique thing about me is that i don't uh, i don't pretend to be somebody else like i don't live to impress people very honestly so this um this can create a lot of problems because in today's time i'll tell you the most difficult thing is to act like yourself okay uh, so because of that this thing has got me into trouble a lot of times so not just with trollers and stuff like that even my it had had got me in trouble with my own family also because they are not like they behave they want their girls to behave in a certain way but i am not like one of them so <laughs> they still need lot of time to absorb that they have gotten a daughter who's not like a conventional conventional daughter but that's okay i mean uh, uh, i'm talking about masturbation or rape or periods on camera so my family or maybe their relatives they are very conscious about it sometimes so it's okay i mean i think it is the most difficult thing but uh, you have to fight the world you can't fight yourself at the end of the day so be you because you you have to live with yourself the most than the other people so better you make peace with yourself first wow amazing and the last thing is where can people find more of your poems and where can they follow you on social media uh okay you can go to my facebook page just type pooja sachdeva and you will get a facebook page or instagram pooja sachdeva underscore poet is my handle if you wish to to uh, follow me and join the community and please go to my youtube channel and subscribe uh, again is pooja sachdeva you will type the name and you will get the uh, the channel
All the links will be in the show notes below. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And Pooja, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Irman. Have a happy, happy weekend.